Hey, babe, what's up? Oh, not much. Just got done with the uh, game. It was a lot of fun, and we did a lot of awesome interviews, but I freaking forgot to get an insult intro with Kevin and Mike. Oh. Yeah. I. Okay, so why are you calling me? Um, well, I mean, to see how you are, of course, but also to see if maybe you could uh, help me out with the intro. Oh, that's all you call me for. You call me to help you out with the intro, nothing else, not to see how my day was going, to see if I feel better, only for your amateur hour intro. Got it. Okay, well, it's going to sound like I'm hanging up, but... Welcome to Amateur Hour. This is part two of a four-part series on Lionsbridge FC. In this episode, we have an awesome interview with Kevin Joyce and Mike Vest, the co-founders of Lionsbridge FC. Tomorrow's episode will feature uh, Defenders of the Bridge, a supporters group for Lions Bridge. And on Wednesday's episode, we'll have uh, our interview with head coach Chris Wally and Ivan Militar, a player for the um, Lions Bridge FC. They're all really great interviews. I'm really excited to share all these with you guys. And uh, if you, there's not a particular order to them, so you can listen to them however you like. Just look for any episodes uh, with the number 0030. I think this will be 0030.33. And um, if you want to check out a previous episode, it's a very uh, sleepy podcast. So I apologize for the sound quality. But we just kind of talked briefly about the um, flow of the game and how the atmosphere was, along with just a few other things that are happening in our region as far as, you know, standings and games went. But uh, without further ado, here's Kevin and Mike. We are here with Mike Vest and Kevin Joyce, founders of Lionsbridge FC. Mike, we've had you on the show a few times, but Kevin, this is the first time we've ever spoken. I was wondering if you could give our listeners a little background on yourself and what made you want to help start a soccer team in the area. Sure, yeah, it's um, it's really because of Mike. <laughs> I uh, was um, I got a phone call from Mike and said, hey, you know, I really think um, some things I'm seeing around the country with Kingston Stockade, um, it really inspired him. Uh, and he said, I think we can do it here. And I said, well, you know, I'm really skeptical. And I said, hey, let's go ahead and just take a look to see if the numbers work out. Everything, like, can it actually be done? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of did like a beta test, to, you know, just around the community with people, you know, we had recept- reception parties. Mm-hmm. And we just kept putting these things on and keep, people kept showing up. Like there was an appetite for just soccer. Mm-hmm. And I think at the, one of the co- first couple parties, I was like, uh, Mike, I think you're right. I think there is a soccer community here that just hasn't been formulated and put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the birth where I said, you know what, we need to put, we need to put some, uh, some weight behind this. Mm-hmm. So. so do you yourself, like, did you play coach or anything like that? Yeah, I played right bench a lot. Um, <laughs> that, that was in Los Deep right bench? Yeah, deep sure. right okay. bench. Yeah. You know, really, if they really needed someone really after deep. everyone got hurt, <laughs> then I would come in. Um, no, but I did play in high school. I played as a AYSO young, you know, long time ago in Las Vegas. That's where mm. I grew up. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I'm from the West Coast. But, yeah. but I, we're, we're here, been here for a long time, uh, not leaving, and this is just a great community. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so one thing we did want to touch base on um, that I'm particularly interested in with being a fan of a, a number of amateur clubs um, and, and one of the hurdles last year, in your first year, of course, you, uh, I mean, you were one of the top teams in a crazy division um, and also were very good in getting a high attendance and, attendance and keeping that attendance consistently. W- one thing we're kind of curious on is 
how do you take that momentum from a really good year when there's that lull with as short as the season is? Yeah. How, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a good point because, you know, I remember when we were heading into year one, the thing that everyone told us had been in the league is it's a really, really long off season. Yeah. And so it is a challenge, I think. You know, the games tend to be those um, – mile markers along the way that kind of, you know, holds up the whole tent. You know, everyone kind of, uh, you know, they, they go to games. Well, the games stop for nine months or, mm. or more, almost almost yeah. ten. Um, and so what we tried to do uh, in the off season was continue to find ways to, uh, to engage with fans, um, to, to build events that people would want to come to that didn't necessarily have to do with coming out to Pomoco Stadium. Um, we let fans vote on the 2019 jersey designs mm-hmm. same thing with the merchandise um and uh you know had a big uh, uh party with the supporters group at you know new year's party and so yeah. you know there's just lots of different ways you know i think one of the things that that we kind of believed early on was that this couldn't just be about soccer mm-hmm. um and so when you think of it that way it's it's not as steep of a hill maybe when you go, well, what are we supposed to do now, now that we don't play any games? So um, the more we could just involve people in, in how we would set up the upcoming year. Um, but you realize, too, that you know, by the time you get to February, you're already starting to formulate a roster, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you have player announcements, and you can spread those things out a little bit, too. And so, you know, but you, you definitely don't want to, like, peak too soon. <laughs> you know, we get to, like, October or November and be like, all right, now we still have only six months to go until <laughs> until there's a Cadbury egg effect. You know, they only sell those at select times a year. Right. Yeah. So you actually get the more demand when there's less supply, mm-hmm. and so there. I think there is some of that effect. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know how that affects all clubs, right. um, but I think that's uh, there can be a, a, a positive out of that. So. Yeah. So would you say that what you try to do is kind of have like a breadcrumb effect where you have little pieces of yeah. information here and there? And then you mentioned some parties and some meetups and things like that. What do yeah. those look like? Yeah. So, uh, well, the, the year-end one last year was really driven by the supporters group, mm-hmm. um, which was great. Um, that was something that they wanted to organize. Um, and, you know, we brought our coaching staff up. So at that time, you, you don't have any players. Um, yeah. So our, co- but our coaching staff is great about um, digging deep into the community and wanting to be a part of it. Um, Chris Welly. Um, actually plays in a rec league uh, or on a rec league team with our supporters group, which oh, is really? which is amazing. Yeah. Um, actually, actually, technically that's not true yet. He has signed a letter of intent to do so this fall. <laughs> but but his wife Alexis did in the spring, and she was a college soccer player. So uh, yeah. so that you know that became They've got part some of their team. exactly. Yeah. Well, which is weird because they still have a losing record. Um, <laughs> um, which I'll which I'll point out, and Alexis will not be happy about later. But that's okay. I'm sure Chris is going to come to the rescue. Just ask him. So, um, but uh, you know, be, just being involved and staying staying in touch with those with those groups and making it kind of a year round thing is is I, I mean, it it started off I think of as as a as a philosophy, but now it's just something that we kind of just do. Hmm. Another thing. Alongside that same mentality, is it because I, I believe we've talked um, that you were a little bit inspired by Asheville City and other yeah. local clubs as well, For sure. or well, local to us maybe more so yeah. than y'all, but yeah. area Eastern, clubs, Eastern Time Zone. There we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is it a situation where you've 
made contacts with those other clubs and you're like, how do we deal with this in the off season? Yeah. Or what other resources do you have available that you've used to make the most of that off season and prepare yeah. for a second year as well? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we, we pay really close attention to what teams are doing all over the country. I think, um, you know, the one thing that you notice about lower league soccer is that it's always changing and sometimes there's even more news in the off season there is in season yeah um so you know we definitely followed what what Asheville does what Chattanooga does what Kingston Stockade does um I mean you could just go on and on with the different groups and so um you know I think everyone's always kind of borrowing uh ideas from each other in terms of what what looks cool and, and what works and yeah. and I think the other thing that we've talked about too is you know there will be some things that we try that don't work that we can just scrap. You know, yeah. the great thing about the great thing about having two people involved at, uh, in the day to day to day operation is that we can call each other and make a decision within five minutes. So mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to like, you know, run it by a lot of people. We can kind of just call each other, and I can interrupt his day and be like, "Hey, Kev, what do you think about this?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, kill it." <laughs> like, great. All right, we're done. So, yeah. um, so there's, uh, you know, I think you just try to steal the best things that you see from from other places. Um, you know, it's been amazing watching what Chattanooga's done in particular with their uh, with their ownership campaign and yeah. um, some of supporters the things, trust. Is that is what yeah, yeah? And so, um, and I think there's some particular legal things that are there in Tennessee that make that possible maybe but um, but uh, uh, you know I think the way that they've really um, you know gotten Doug just I remember listening to a podcast that they did about two years ago about somebody asked them about you know how do you continue to grow and they said well you keep just keep digging down Mm -hmm. and I thought that that was brilliant (laughs) it was like you know you don't we don't need to be the most famous soccer club in America we need to be the most famous soccer club on the peninsula mm-hmm. you know and if we're if we're if we're doing that then we're going to be successful for a long time yeah um is there any other something I'm curious on too and this may just be a, a straight no and that's totally fine but are there any types of uh I don't know fail safes or ways for the league in general to mm-hmm. to be like a bounce board to bounce ideas off of or things like that for a club like you yeah I mean I, I think so and I think the league does a pretty good job I know when especially when we were um, going into the run-up to you know even just even before we signed our paperwork with the league I mean Joel Nash at the league office did a great job of getting us in touch with some of the um, clubs around the country that had best practices in certain areas. So, like, okay. We, yeah. we talked. We talked to Albuquerque. Right. Yeah, we talked to Tormenta. Tormenta yeah. Talked to Darren early on. Um, kind of just about you know the community aspect of things, which I think has definitely been one of their strong suits. Yeah. Um, among many strong suits, um, yeah. Albuquerque um, had done really well in sponsorship, and so they put us in touch with Albuquerque Soul. And we talked. Okay, to, yeah. We talked to Ron Patel about how they how they approach and organize that stuff, and how mm. they handle their sponsorship inventory. And so, and there were a lot of different, um, a lot of those kinds of kinds of conversations. And then what's been kind of fun and gratifying now is that Joel will set us up with other people who are only about two years behind us. So, oh, yeah. so that's the other thing Mike's not telling you is that, you know, he has a long tenure in sports. <laughs> <laughs> so this is his first rodeo yeah. in, into sports. So uh, I know he can't say that. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a, um, it's, the, the stronger the clubs are in the league, the stronger the league is. And so, yeah. you know, it's in our best interest to have, you know, obviously we don't play teams outside of our division or really outside of our region, but 
you know, in particular, like when tobacco, we're playing Tobacco Road today. When Tobacco Road is really successful, that's great because we want to be able to play Tobacco Road for years to come. And same with NCFC. And obviously they're in a little bit different boat with the pro team. The same with Tri-Cities and same with Virginia Beach. I mean, it's all good for our division. And, you know, we hope that there's more teams that, that they are going to follow in, in all of our footsteps um, so that the league continue to grow. And, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that comes out of that that ultimately I think impacts us is that the more teams there are, the more um, the, the shorter our travel will become. And, and it's, that's good from a business standpoint. It's good from a rivalry standpoint. It's good mm-hmm. from really kind of any way you look at it. So the, the, be, the better and more stronger teams we have in the league, definitely the better for, for Lionsbridge. So it's always in our interest to try to help push that along. Cool. So is there, and this also might be, because it sounds like it's a little more flowing than just a season one, season two, but is there anything in particular that you guys have done here in season two to help you guys grow more that maybe either you didn't think about or is just a change from season one on or off the field? What stands out to you, Kev? Uh, I know I think we did a good job of really accounting for what happened in season one, mm-hmm. which gives us better metrics. I still feel like we haven't had enough seasons to really pinpoint exactly what levers to push and what buttons yeah. to hit to say mm-hmm. this is definitely once we hit this button things go better. Right. Um, but we what we're doing, I think what all the teams should be doing is really accounting for everything because what happens if you don't get metrics on things, there's no way to be able to help push anything forward. Yeah, you, you know, you, there's, you don't know which lever to push. Yeah, so, you don't want to be moving in seven different directions to figure out six of them didn't work 12 months down the road. Correct. Yeah. And so I think part of that is we've become, I think, much more efficient, I think, in season two. Um, again, there's just, it, it, what you realize is there's just always... Such um, a small sample size. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just small, such a small sample size and extraneous things that always happen in all these things yeah. that you can't control. So. Okay, cool. Um, that was just one off the top of my head. Uh, but the one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about it's a fun thing y'all do before every game, about two hours before every game, y'all have a festival where y'all do fireworks, if I'm not mistaken. We've not, we've not been to it yet. We will be, but I see a bouncy house being blown up <laughs> right now yep. um, and all kinds of family-friendly things. I was wondering, what specifically was the motivation behind making yourselves a more family-friendly atmosphere, and has that helped establish you guys in the community? I think it's been essential. Um, you know, I think when we were first conceptualizing what, a, what a, an event day would look like, um, we never imagined it to be just soccer. And mm. I think the reason for that was we wanted to give a reason for absolutely anybody in the community to come out. Mm. Um, if they love soccer, they're in the right place. <laughs> right? We know, we know that. Um, but it could be, and I know it works in, this, in each of our families this way, um, that not everybody in our family loves soccer. I understand right? that. <laughs> but, um, but what happens is, you know, you know, we both got really young kids, and um, you know, Kevin's youngest is five, and my youngest is six. Neither one of them are going to watch more than five minutes of this game tonight, at all. Um, but they will play in the bounce houses until we pull them out. <laughs> you know, um, and you know, I think what happens when you bring a family out to the game, if if somebody's not having a good time in that family of four, family of five, it's like, all right, we're going home. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so um, you know, what we've tried to do is make sure that it's that coming to the game is not a hassle, right. you know, so the parking is free, you know, the, the tickets are inexpensive, there's bounce houses, there's beer, there's wine, um, there's food trucks, 
Um, and so we try to give a, a reason. And, and the other thing that we do is we, we're really, really intentional about saying our festival gates open at 5. Mm. Um, and the game starts at 7, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. you know, There's so a game after if the you're, festival. Right. If, you're, if you're already there at 5, you'll probably stay for the game at 7. So, um, so we try to uh, really emphasize that part of it. And I think the other thing, and you guys will get a chance to see that tonight, is we have a pretty early arriving crowd. Um, you know, I know most of the time when you go to a game, if it starts at 7, you try to be there at about 6.55. Yeah. Yep. Be in your seat. And then, you know, when it's over, you go. Um, and here, our bleachers will be relatively empty um, until 7 o'clock because most people are down in the festival area, you know, A, sitting in the shade, B, having a beverage, and what did I say, 3 or C? One of those two. Uh, <laughs> get, getting getting something to eat. And so, um, and maybe, you know, if they've got little kids, they're probably playing in the, in the bounce houses too. So, you know, we wanted to make it as affordable as possible and as fun as possible for the whole family figuring that that gives us a chance to get whole families to come out yeah. instead of just mom or dad or the kids. And that, 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 to me, it sounds at least like the potential could be, it's kind of a good way to have like a community type of situation before the game starts. Cause you know, you're sitting in your bleachers. Like we always sit in the same spots at our season ticket holders back home in Charlotte, but yeah. like we know the people immediately around us and a bit here and there, but that's kind of a way where you can interact with a different person every game. Yeah. And um, before you go to the match, like you might meet like-minded people who love soccer, but also you know, might have a family or really <laughs> likes beer or wine. Without a doubt. And I think one of the things that we've started to see is that people, um, people are starting to form their own relationships and friendships. And there's a community being built down in that festival area mm. that, you know, I guess, we provided a platform for, but it's not something that we're like hands-on managing. Right. So, um, so that part of it is really cool. And I think, and you guys will have a chance to talk to the guys in the supporters group. I think most of those guys did not really know each other prior to that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they've really kind of come together over this new team that's in the community. So I, that's really special to see. And that's the kind of the intangible benefits of, of having a team like this in, in your town. Um, where people are taking just an extra level of pride in where they live, and it's it's awesome to see. Awesome. So, with all the success you've had on and off the field, people speculate about whether you guys might eventually want to move on to a different league. And I know you get asked this sort of thing, and I'm not going to ask you, are you going to do it? Because I think I'm pretty sure we talked about it last year too. But I, I just what why I want to know is what is it about League Two that's the right place for Lions Bridge right now, and can you ever see yourself in the distant future? maybe want to do League One or something similar to that. Go tackle it? Yeah, I don't know. There's, a, there's just a lot of implications, mm -hmm. I think. Um, yeah, there's just it's a multi-pronged problem that you'd have to really tackle. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, you know, everything has to go right. Mm -hmm. you know? So there's a lot of different forces that, that are not just us. You know, we can't just hit a bunch of buttons and then say, hey, look, we're going to be in, in uh, the next league. Um, and we won, but I or, or championship. But I think that um, you know we're kind of looking to other places like Chattanooga, other places that have had a really good run. To me, I think it's consistency from the club. Um, it's being efficient as a club, um, and then uh, yeah, just just high level operations, right? Mm -hmm. That hey, that we're always thinking that way. We think that way continuously. Yeah, it may matriculate and happen, right. um, but at the same time. I don't think we make decisions like that uh, very lightly. You know, mm -hmm. if we're yeah. going to do something, we do a lot of homework um, and making sure all things are T's are crossed and I's are dotted. So. Mm -hmm. I, I think I think we're off to a great start, 
I think we haven't quite proven it to ourselves just yet right. that that we can make that leap because there is a big change just from a scheduling standpoint that happens. Yeah. You know, will people come out in March and April? Will people come out in September and October? Um, you know, in some ways you don't really know that until you try. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're I, you know I think we're off to a good start. I think we're following the path that other teams that are now in that league have have taken. Um, it's fair to say that we have an interest in it, yeah. um, but there's a lot of obstacles that are still in our way. You know, I think you know what we've been able to do in League Two. I don't know if you'd agree with saying this. You know, we've been able to do quite a bit of things at this level um, our, ourselves in terms of going out and getting um, just enough sponsors support to be able to make it work at this level. You'd have to do a lot more to be in League One. Right. We've been able by ourselves to this point to average a little less than fifteen hundred people per game. Mm-hmm. You need to average a lot more than that in League One, mm-hmm. um, and it's a longer season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, CNU is an amazing partner, um, but we can't get into this facility that we're standing in right now until after until after graduation, which is in May. Right. Well, that doesn't work either from a scheduling standpoint. Yeah. So. You know, could we make future different arrangements with CNU going forward? Maybe. We've not had those conversations because I think that those are down-the-road conversations. But, um, you know, I think we definitely have an interest in it, um, but there's a lot of unanswered questions, I think, at this point that we just don't have. Them. Like Kevin talked a few minutes ago about not having a, enough data yet yeah. because this is our second season. This is our this is our fourth home game this season. We had not. This is our thirteenth ever home game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we're still new to the game. You know, I mean, I think, um, you know, you know, we've got three new teams in our division this year. So it seems like, in some ways, like we're, we're now on the veteran side of things here in year two. But um, but we're not. We're not. We're not veterans to to putting this stuff on yet. So we feel good about what we've done so far. But I think there's a lot left to to for us to kind of prove to ourselves and. And maybe prove to other people that, that that's that that's something that could be done. No, that makes perfect sense. And I mean, you don't want to, you know, jump before you really know what's going to be yeah. at that level. I mean, League One's a brand new league, as you mm-hmm. said. You played 13 home games, and uh, it's I, the something I thought was interesting. You said earlier was about the Cadbury effect. You lose a bit of that when you're playing. You know, I don't know how many home games are in League One. Like, is it like 15, 14, something like that? Maybe it's something maybe. along those lines. I, yeah. I know the championship is 17, and League yeah. One's a wee bit less. Not I think it's 14, less. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. so, I mean, that, that's yeah. double your home games right. at least, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's a lot more to deal we with. We do two extra, usually, so far. This right? year we'll have, oh, yeah, this year yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah, 10. We always do some friendly. Yeah, right. So, we extend the season a little bit. Yeah. Which but it also really compresses the, the calendar. Right, it doesn't make it longer. It makes it yeah. just more, yeah. more, more yeah. funness for these two months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really are Fun putting 10 pounds of potatoes uh, in a five-pound More fun, funner, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it, it sounds like what you're getting at, too, is you want to make sure that the foundation is set so that League 2 is sustainable and that yeah. you're doing right by the community with yeah. this club. Because, I, I mean, it, of course you want to learn how to walk and then walk and then run and, and other things like that, of course. Yeah. Whatever babies do, I don't yeah, know children, right, so yeah. I don't really know. But, yeah. you're, you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's as much as League One may be an appealing league, and just to go up the ladder because that's what yeah. you want to do. In some yeah. cases, I think it's admirable to see a club that wants to set a foundation and know if this is what we're going to be, we're mm-hmm. going to be the best club at this level. Yeah, exactly. And I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that at all, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. for sure. Yeah. 
correct. Well, uh, I don't really have any other questions for you guys. If there's anything y'all want to say or promote or what have you, I mean, it's a little late to promote the game tonight. <laughs> y'all want to talk about something for the rest of the season. Well, I, I think, I, and I know Kevin would agree with this, I, we're just glad to have you guys here. This is a hike for you guys. So, um, you know, I, we know that uh, you guys have come a long way, so I'm glad we've got good weather for you tonight. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I hope we I hope we put on a good show uh, and, uh, and and hope it result on the field. Have a good, yes. uh, have a good result on the field and, uh, and hope you guys just have a great time with the game tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe we will. We've been very excited to come up here. I mean, last year when we were, like, strictly Carolina-focused, uh, we had to focus on y'all anyway because you were the only non-Carolina <laughs> team in uh, the South Atlantic. Yeah. And I'm glad because, you know, we got to learn more about y'all. Y'all yeah. seem like a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to come up here see it firsthand, so I can't wait for the game tonight. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for being so here, guys. Thank you.